Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Max 6 builds better communities where purpose and profit unite. We are inside the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center, 150,000 square feet of space, including traditional and non-traditional private office suites, a variety of co-working office space solutions, and a unique co-like co-manufacturing space, all in service to growth-oriented entrepreneurs, startups, and mid-market enterprise businesses. We're here to shine a light on the entrepreneurial and incredible stories of businesses we work with and how they are serving our broader community. Today, we have Kia Albors with the Launch and Expansion Manager with Starship Technologies. Kia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kyle and Jennifer. How are you guys doing? Great. And I, I guess we should uh, preface with, I said, inside the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center, but we are today not inside at all. Uh, weird times. We are all, in fact, social distancing in our private locations. I am in my hotel room here in Tempe. So... Kia, tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? How did you get into this role? Yeah, absolutely. I myself, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Uh, I grew up in Plano, a little suburb of Dallas. I went to school at Austin College, a small little town outside of Dallas. And I, you know, went off to law school after that, litigated for several years where I uh, started working with startups, Um, found a real love with, uh, with startups and, um, I went on to join Lime uh, back in 2018 when they were the fastest growing startup um, of the time. And I helped uh, launch and set up a few of their markets and really kind of fell in love with the process of building new companies in new markets and traveling. And uh, I found Starship right at the beginning of the year before really this crisis kind of took hold. And I joined their launch and expansion team, really driving our efforts on our universities and campuses, trying to bring more contactless robot deliveries everywhere. Wow. So what a crazy time to start um, a new company or join a new company, relatively new company, um, or I guess your position was new. And then all of this started happening. That had to have been wild, especially as you're expanding into new market. So before we get into that, can you tell me a little bit more about Starship and the concept of what the company is? Yeah. So Starship itself is an autonomous robot delivery service. They provide on-demand deliveries of food and groceries uh, within minutes. So essentially, you'll download our Starship app. From the app, you'll be able to find a list of providers, whether it's a grocery store or um, a restaurant, and you can you know, find whatever items you want. And then a robot will come a few minutes later and deliver those items to you. Uh, we've been operating for a little over two years commercially. Um, We've had over 100,000 deliveries. Uh, Our robots have driven over 500,000 miles. um, And they do this all autonomously. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating to see if you haven't seen a robot in real life yet. That is crazy. So I have to tell you a funny story. Um, When you first, you guys were coming into our space, um, you know, there was a lot of excitement about it. Um, We love entrepreneurs and, and new ideas. And it was just you know, robots are always exciting no matter who you talk to. But I was telling my son, uh, who's five, um, hey, we have this new company and they have robots. And he, I have never seen him get so excited. And so all he ever wants to do is he wants to see these robots. And I'm like, someday 
you'll see one. So I'm excited to actually see one in action and show him because he's, he's so excited. Every day I go to work, he says, are you going to say hi to the robots, mommy? You know, you need to come down to our service area and, and have them check out one of these robots. Well, a lot of times when we're going into a new neighborhood, we'll have the robots kind of go out in front of us and scope the area out. And uh, the reaction we get from the kids in the neighborhood is always my favorite. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, you know, sometimes the, the little kids are super excited and sometimes kids are even more like early adopters to new technology, right? And sometimes some people could be like, whoa, like we're getting taken over by robots. What is happening in our neighborhood? So how do you like introduce the community to the concept so that people, um, you know, share the sidewalk with the robot or how does that all work? Yeah, you know, that's a great, great question. Well, right now, what we do is we kind of do a grassroots effort whenever we get into a new community. We go, you know, door to door, we put out flyers, um, we really promote our business within our local uh, partners, um, the local restaurants that we team up with and the local grocery stores that we team up with. Um, We'll kind of, you know, spread our message throughout social media. I know here in Tempe, we have a Facebook page. Um, you know, everyone that's listening right now, if you're not on our Facebook page, please come join. It's, uh, let me see, it is Facebook groups dash Starship Tempe AZ. And um, we, you know, put out all of our updates, all of our expansions. Typically what will happen is we'll start with a smaller service area. We'll start with two or three restaurants. And then every few weeks we'll keep adding uh, more restaurants. We'll keep adding more items to our grocery store menu. Uh, we'll continue to build the market as we're building our service. Our service areas will continue to expand. So please keep checking our app. Every time you open the app, you're going to find a new restaurant in there, or you're going to see more items available in our convenience store or our grocery store apps. So it is more of a gradual kind of process introducing people to the to the service. That's so cool. One, one thing that I find, it's a, I mean, this is a kind of a story as well, but... Uh, I try to describe what you guys do to people and it's like I'm describing a part of the Jetsons and they, they think it's this, in theory, this really cool idea that seems like, oh yeah, okay, I'll believe that if I see it. And then what's interesting is when people describe it to me because they've seen one of these robots and it's, it's not uh, autonomous robots. That, that There's these robots that do it all by themselves and, and they are just driving down the street and I don't know what's inside of them, but how, how in simple terms, I mean, how would you describe, uh, how does Starship differ from other tech AI occupancy in Arizona? I mean, even from other food delivery, uh, options that are out there. How do we differentiate from other tech? You know, we, let me just tell you about the robots themselves. It's, it's pretty difficult to kind of put it in simple terms. Our robots, they use like a combination of computer vision, machine learning, and sensor fusion to provide for seamless navigation so that they're operating all on their own. And they kind of create a, uh, a bubble of awareness around themselves. So they're able to avoid objects and avoid people. Um, you know, they're, they're essentially... The, the best way to describe it is really to just kind of go out and see it for yourself because nothing's really going to be able to put in words when you actually see uh, this robot just um, moving around on the street and waiting um, behind a red light and being able to kind of figure out whether it's, you know, waiting for a car to pass or if it's moving around, um, you know, a person. Uh, and it kind of does it all on its own. And it's pretty special to watch for the first time. 
It's just, it's so awesome. It really is like, you know, everything that the Jetsons promised us is like coming to real life. But what's the craziest or wildest thing that you guys have delivered that you can share? And wildest thing that we've delivered. You know, we mostly deliver uh, food. Uh, We have uh, a lot of restaurants that we partner with, a lot of local restaurants that we partner with. Uh, More recently, uh, due to kind of this whole, uh, you know, the COVID crisis and uh, the pivot that we've had to make, we've been adding uh, grocery options as uh, one of our partners. So, you know, anything that you basically see in a grocery store is now available on our app and it'll be delivered within a few minutes, you know, by a robot. Over Mother's Day this past weekend, we actually did a special where we were uh, handing out, um, you know, flowers, roses with every one of our deliveries for all the moms to kind of celebrate Mother's Day. But I got to say, you know, we we haven't done anything too wild, maybe some ramen. Um, <laughs> we do great boba here. Uh, Share Tea is one of our partners, and I can't tell you how much I enjoy their, uh, their boba teas. Oh, those are delicious. Good. So talk to us a little bit about, you alluded to, you know, you had to make some shifts when um, the COVID-19 pandemic started happening. So talk to us a little bit about what your um, your guys' plan was before and kind of how you shifted and pivoted. So when I joined, uh, when I started Starship at the beginning of the year, our primary focus, our primary form of operations here in the States was based on um, college campuses. And of course, in March, you know, the nationwide uh, lockdown um, shut down uh, basically every college campus in the U.S. for the most part. So the, all the places that we were operating were, um, were shut down. So as a company, we had to make a focal shift to, um, you know, instead of providing services to college students and college campuses, we were going to provide services to uh, neighborhoods and uh, communities that have been impacted kind of heavily by COVID. And what our idea, what the whole uh, message is that we're offering a contactless, humanless um, delivery service that, you know, can kind of add a layer of protection and a layer of safety to some individuals, kind of give them some peace of mind. And then for people who are, you know, not wanting to leave the home or, you know, isolate themselves a little bit better, we're giving them that option of uh, food delivery, grocery delivery, which uh, isn't available in in a lot of neighborhoods. And Tempe is a is a wonderful example of, you know, their grocery delivery isn't that prevalent here in Tempe. And um, that was one option that we wanted to be able to provide the residents uh, so that, you know, if they chose to stay at home or if they wanted to uh, leave the house a little bit less uh, or, you know, potentially to only go to the store when they absolutely have to, uh, they now have that opportunity to have contactless delivery. Yeah, what are- that's Oh, go ahead. What what are what are some of the places in Tempe that uh, you guys are working with to deliver food and uh, groceries? So I am not from Tempe. I am from Dallas. I mentioned earlier, so I don't know the neighborhood per se. But if you do download the app, the Starship Delivery app, you'll be able to kind of see where our borders are and where you can drop the pin for the um, the order to be delivered to. We are kind of generally around the Tempe Gardens area, but we are expanding uh, pretty rapidly and we are looking at other areas in Tempe that hopefully we'll be moving into uh, you know, before the end of the summer. So please check the app uh, periodically and often to kind of see if we're going to be in your neighborhood. And we also have a survey in our app. We, I highly encourage everyone to go in there and add, you know, what restaurants are we missing? What 
food items are we missing on our uh, grocery store app? What else do you want to see on there? What neighborhoods do you want to see on there? And we take a lot of feedback from the public. And then we always try to customize our service based on that feedback. I was just going to say, I'm going to go on there and uh, request Gilbert and maybe, you know, get all my friends too, because we would love to have you (laughs) in Gilbert and other areas. I'm not going to promise that we're going to be in Gilbert, but I will tell you that I have been driving around looking at Gilbert quite a bit recently. Mm -hmm. I I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Tempe is a great place to start though, because there is, um, you know, it has such a great uh, community and there's a lot of walkability. And I, I imagine that that's some of the things you have to consider is, your robots can probably go through a lot of different terrain, but, you know, thinking about how they commute from stores and the proximity of neighborhoods probably is, plays a role in where you can go. Yes. Now, the, our robots, they are able to go up curbs. They're able to operate during the day or at night. Uh, they're even great in extreme weather. Uh, in, apparently here in Tempe, they're doing great in this 100 degree weather. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think about the heat component. Yeah. But, they, um, yeah, so they can absolutely kind of, uh, they do need a good terrain. We do like to, you know, utilize sidewalks that are typically or historically underutilized. Um, we do try to look for areas that have, you know, good bike lanes and that are just generally fit for our robots to unobstruct any, uh, right of way. Great. So this question might be taking you way back. Um, but I was, as you were talking, I was just wondering, like, where did the idea come for this concept? Do you know? The co-founders are from um, Twitter, right? Well, a couple of our co-founders, they were the uh, co-founders of Skype. Oh, Skype. Sorry. I'm getting confused. <laughs> Very similar uh, <laughs> color scheme. No worries. Well, I think that they and a team of uh, engineers were kind of the basis behind the idea. The company has been around for a number of years where we've just had some of the brightest minds working on the, um, the AI behind these robots. You know, these, these things are equipped with, um, you know, they have like supersonic sensors and uh, time flight cameras and stereo cameras and all sorts of radars and all this high tech gear that I don't, I can't even pronounce, but you know, it allows the robots to be able to tell if the, uh, the crosswalk is red or white or if there's someone standing in its way, or if it's uh, trying to cross, you know, uh, a street or any type of crossing. You know, we've, we've done over 500 or 50 million crossings successfully uh, over the past two years. And with each one, our robots are, are learning more and becoming smarter. And the people operating them, you know, we're also learning more and becoming smarter. And uh, we're just, you know, obviously uh, continuously uh, improving our service and uh, the product itself. One thing I'm, well, two, two things I'm very curious about from a user experience perspective. Uh, one is the person who's downloaded the app. What does that look like from ordering something to the robot shows up at their door, I guess, or at their, their address? And, uh, the other one that I just keep thinking about is if I've never heard of you before and I'm walking down the street and a robot comes driving by, is there signage or anything that explains what this is or is it left to my imagination of what's happening in Tempe right now? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So the robots, they do have, um, you know, they have markings all over them and they do have advertisement for you to go check out our website. 
that's specified here for Tempe that kind of gives you an introduction to the robots themselves. But, you know, it all starts with you downloading the, uh, the Starship Delivery app. Uh, once you download the app, you can choose, you know, what items you'd like to order. Then you can uh, determine where the drop pin would be so the, uh, the robot would know where to deliver the food. You can actually track the robot in the app so you know when the robot's going to the restaurant to get your food, and then you know when it's been loaded, you know when it's on the way to your doorstep. And then uh, once it arrives, you use the app itself to unlock the robot. It'll, it'll give you a little bit of an alert that it's there. And, um, you know, you'll be able to take your food right out the back and uh, close it up, uh, let the app know that you've got it, and uh, the robot goes on its way back to, back to work. How long can a robot operate before it has to go back to its charging station? You know, it can go basically all day. Um, they have just about a 24-hour life. And, you know, it depends on a number of factors. If it's going uphill, if it's carrying a lot of weight, um, this and that. But the, they, they have an all-day battery, uh, you know, shelf life. And they go about four miles per hour. So if you're going four miles per hour at the entire day. Um, it, can, it can definitely cover some ground. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit, we talked a little bit about the pandemic and how um, it affected Starship and, and the unique pivots that you guys have been able to make. But how about for you personally? Like what's one thing that um, you've learned going through this experience, this collective global experience that you're going to take away to the future? Being able to connect with business owners over the phone or um, over email. Uh, I've had a lot of Skype meetings, a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, it's been pretty, you know, it's it's tough when you can't go into a store and introduce yourself directly to someone and, and shake their hand and look them in the eye and kind of give them your pitch. Uh, so it's it's very different trying to rework, um, you know, introducing the service, selling the service. Uh, you know, a lot of people there, everyone's kind of freaking out. Um, we're all trying to figure out what the right thing to do is. So kind of throwing in this futuristic robot into the mix can be overwhelming so it's uh kind of catering our message to where it's you know a very you know to us this is a very normal experience it's a just a delivery service and instead of a human that comes to you our, our robots come to you but when you hear it and then you know when you have the jetson um, mindset <laughs> it can it can be a little off-putting yeah but i also think at the same time um because my family owns we own a small um donut shop and we've been like small business owners especially restaurants in this time have been really struggling and figuring out like how do we adjust to this new normal and if people really are concerned how do we um, provide our service in a new way and how do we reinvent so I think that like yes this is absolutely awful and terrible but your your product is is can be such a great thing for small businesses restaurants um grocery stores so I think it's it's really awesome. And I think that even as a business owner myself of like, yes, you're overwhelmed and you're, you know, there's so many things and it's one new thing, but right now might actually be the perfect time to be like, hey, let's try some new things because people seem to be more innovative. And that's the thing that's been so encouraging for me personally is everybody is that I talk to and I'm around is like, all right, well, let's, how do we solve this problem? How do we um, reinvent ourselves? How do we come up with new solutions? And so perhaps people are more minded right now than they would have been. Exactly. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know what? We're finding that with a lot of the partners that we're speaking with, um, the ones that kind of get over that initial uh, scare, they, they come to that realization of, 
this is a, a different world that we're living in. And uh, contactless delivery is definitely something that is going to be here and it's going to last uh, for a while. So it's, um, it's great to be able to offer that to your, to your uh, client base. And it's great to be able to diversify uh, just the way that you, you know, offer your services. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, I feel like we're all just trying to play our part. We're all trying to figure out what's the, the right way to move forward after, you know, everything that's happened. And one of the great kind of uh, benefits of starting with robots or, you know, starting a robot delivery service is that we fill in that need that is uh, so relevant right now. Um, so we're teaming up with as many local businesses as possible. I think, uh, you know, the more local that we partner with, it's easier to move uh, quicker. Um, that way, you know, everyone's kind of on the same page. We're all trying to figure out a good solution to, you know, bring businesses back and, to, you know, generate more income. And being able to move quickly in this environment, I think, is very, very uh, essential. So working with small businesses, they kind of have that freedom to make decisions um, on their own without going through some sort of corporate hierarchy. Uh, you know, it's also just another way for them to differentiate themselves from their competitors, uh, differentiate themselves from the, the bigger players that are, you know, more or less doing fine during this time. Absolutely. So, Kyle, how about you? What's the thing that you've learned from this? What have I learned from this? <clears throat> I guess I continue to learn uh, a lesson that I, it, it pops up all the time, but it's just uh, humans are adaptable creatures and that no matter what comes in front of us, we're going to continue to find ways to create value for each other, to be there for one another, um, whether it's hey, look, Zoom is working out so well as a platform for communication. Or, you know, uh, I have young kids too and couldn't have a birthday party, but this new trend of uh, drive-by parades in cars and uh, what a special way to show people that you care about them right now and just be, like I said, adaptable creatures. It's not like it's a new thing in my life to see that there's amazing things that human beings can do, but it's just another opportunity that uh, you've seen humanity, I guess, step up, and it's been pretty cool to just reinforce that. Um, Kyle, for Charlie's birthday, you should do a parade of robots. Look at that. That would even be ah. next level. <laughs> He's turning five in a couple of weeks. I'm sure that would blow his mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I bet we could definitely work something out. <laughs> what, um, so... Your, your role specifically is uh, more around bringing new geographies into the mix with these robots. Is that right? Yeah. I have one of the best roles, I think, in the company. I get to go to our new and emerging markets, and um, I essentially try to identify how we can increase our service, um, how we can get everything up and running to uh, actually offer it to the public. Um, and it kind of involves everything from, you know, finding uh, a Mac 6, you know, co-office space for us to be able to operate out of to um, finding the, the partners and the, the merchants and the grocery stores and getting the menus up on our app and getting um, everything kind of finalized. And then, you know, making sure our operations on the back end are, you know, as elite as uh, the company likes to hold them up to be. And uh, it's, a, it's a full-on effort. There's, there's so many aspects to it. Um, it's, there's never a dull day, but the, 
you know, it's, it's difficult during this time as uh, there's so many restrictions with travel that, um, you know, you definitely want to be safe. I try to self-isolate in my hotels as, uh, as much as possible, but there is a, a good amount of work that uh, requires me to kind of be out in the field. And being an um, essential service uh, or deliveries in themselves being an essential service has kind of given us the uh, the ability to to continue working, which has been you know a, a little bit of a blessing. If you're doing some version of this five years from now, ten years from now, and this role, and part of this, I guess, is a question for you, and part of it is about the company as a whole. What is it? What does it look like? More geography? Maybe even a year from now. I mean, it's a tech company, so we're talking uh, exponentially quicker timelines here. But uh, more and more geographies, or is there a thought about the deliveries being any different? Uh, just more, more and more food deliveries of more restaurants to more people, uh, or is there a vision that looks a little bit different from that in the future? The vision that I think we have right now, it's it's really ever changing. What we're doing now is something that was on our roadmap just a few years down the road. I think we would eventually go back to universities once things started to open back up, uh, as that's like a, a, a decent market that we are great at, and then we can build that out uh, fairly well. Um, but I think you know the future for Starship. When you open the app, you see the entire uh, United States as a service area. Um, so that every single person is able to get contactless delivery. I think that would be our end goal as um, as a company. And the road to get there is going to be uh, it's going to be long and it's going to be difficult and it's going to involve a lot of innovation on the way, um, innovation on our end and as well as innovation with the uh, the cities that we're operating in. As I think yeah. about it, you're you're not just revolutionizing food delivery, but really travel and the perception of not only do I have to have a person deliver, you know, pizza delivery or like it always, you know, like that or whatever, but do I have to physically get into a car myself and go somewhere to pick something up? I don't even need to think about doing that myself, let alone does a human being have to be on the other side of that? It's, I mean, you really are, it's a, a big change, I think, in human behavior uh, uh, that you're, helping to facilitate you know it, it really goes in pattern with a lot of themes that um, cities these days are kind of working around building it helps decrease congestion um, it helps improve uh, the environment that's kind of around now we have less people driving we have less delivery uh, emission gas related um, events occurring so there there is a lot a lot of different layers of benefits that you get whenever you're able to add this type of technology to um, not only to your city, but just to the general uh, fabric of life. So I think um, long-term, there's going to be a lot of benefits that we see from uh, just having robots deliver groceries and food um, that we can't even, uh, you know, kind of fathom right now. So it's, it's exciting. Uh, it's definitely game changing, but it's, really just helping uh, getting the word out that we're here and we're in Tempe. And uh, we're also doing this all across the U.S. Uh, we're doing this uh, abroad. Uh, we're in, I want to say, five different countries uh, delivering food and uh, groceries. So, you know, look out for us. Uh, within the next year, we're going to be hopefully, you know, in every corner. That's awesome. So along those lines, what's the one thing that you wish um, people knew about Starship? 
one thing uh, I wish that people knew about Starship, other than actually knowing that we exist. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a first step. <laughs> it, it would be that, you know, we have just such a good dedicated team of, uh, of people here. Everyone is so passionate about kind of the goal of bringing autonomous uh, vehicles um, into the world. You know, our founders, um, they just have this forward-thinking vision of what the future is going to look like. And, you know, they're out here living it today. Um, it really is. It's something that, you know, like our headquarters out in Milton Keynes, uh, they're very used to seeing robots, the entire cities. And for you know, people like me, you know, the first time when I was in Irvine, I, I saw a robot make a delivery. It was just you know, the coolest experience. I, I couldn't believe that this little, uh, this little thing was just, you know, working on its own and it was moving and stopping and crossing streets. And it was able to tell if it was a red light or a green light. And it's just polite. It says, thank you. Um, it asks, you know, will you please get out of the way? Uh, and then just to see the visceral reaction of, um, you know, when we were on campuses, the students, they would just get so excited when it, they would see the robots the, the, the TikToks would start coming in and then the social media posts. And uh, it's just, it's so cool to, to see that um, and then to experience it yourself. So, you know, it's one of those things where once you do it, then you're, you're kind of sold and then you just can't wait for everything else to get autonomous. Yeah, I can't even imagine if, oh, sorry, Kyle, if they had that when I was in college. I would have ordered so many things. <laughs> My mom would like to think I would have stayed in the library, studied, you know, any <laughs> <at that> time. <laughs> it, it is interesting when, when I just hear you talk right now, and it's a, autonomous robots. And I think that's what people think of when they see the robots, when we're talking about the company Starship. And, but what you are speaking to is there's really a big team of human beings behind this that are giving the robots the opportunity to know what they need to do to care about putting decisions like, hey, say thank you, ask politely for someone to get out of the way. Where does that come from? I mean, I guess I'm just curious about the the human part of the company. And uh, I guess there's some culture part of that. But uh, uh, I guess it, it goes to some why is this important? Why Why was the company started in the first place other than, hey, I think we can create a better mousetrap here and make a bunch of money doing it. You know, what, what was there an initial something that if we think we have something that could uh, provide some huge value to the world, have a purpose more than just making uh, a little bit of money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really like the way that you, you phrased that question. It's, it's hard to always speak for someone else, but the, the mission behind Starship, it's really to, uh, to advance you know, a, a better future, a, uh, a happier, more environmental friendly um, environment uh, or really path towards, um, you know, an environment that's more environmentally friendly. Um, it's just the concept of innovation, technology, kind of pushing that last step, um, doing something that's never been done before, right? It's a uh, very much uh, trailblazing the way for other autonomous vehicles to come into the fray, uh, whether it's going to be cars or uh, other autonomy delivery services. Uh, it's really kind of changing 
the the mindset that everyone has in you know advancing a future you know with all technology comes this lag between what the the laws are like um the public's perception really there's a lot of factors that kind of surround it so being able to be the first ones to push the envelope and kind of get everything to catch back up you know it's kind of a privilege to to be the first in that uh sense that's very cool it's it's interesting uh it's not like you guys are out to break the law or anything obviously but it's 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 an entrepreneurial mindset right we're going to push the thinking of human beings to what could, how could we do this better? And just, uh, it's one of the great joys that I have every day doing the work that we do is being surrounded by companies and people that have that mindset. And, you know, like I said, not the, not, Hey, let's go out and just break the law to break the law. But like, let's, let's think about how we could do this better. Why did we decide to do this like this in the first place? And how can we provide a better experience for human beings all over the place, or yeah, how do we get how do we get a law in place? Like there, there, there are no laws yet about robots. You know, we gotta we gotta get that in place first. <laughs> what what kind of work is going into that? Is there have you done anything with uh, different cities where you're seeing uh, more absolutely legality or, or normalcy to this coming in place? So that's always uh, that's always a factor that we have to consider whenever we're going into a new market, right? Um, there are a number of cities in the U.S. that actually already have laws regarding um, delivery services on sidewalks. Where there's a number of countries around the world actually that have laws that kind of provide for those type of delivery services. I think a big part of our team is going to the areas that we identify as um, you know areas that would be a good fit for the robots is going and convincing them on a local level as well as like a state level, even a national level that, you know, we need, uh, we need, they need to have like permits set in place where there needs to be um, some sort of guidance within the law that provides, you know, authority for our robots to be able to deliver on public property um, for them to be on the sidewalks. Um, and what I've really found is like the overwhelming, uh, encouragement from local officials that they're all like, we love this. This is a great idea. We can't wait for you guys to come here. Um, and then it's always, uh, you know, us working with them on figuring out the, the right language and uh, the right legalese for us to be able to do this um, in a manner that, that is appropriate. And, so, you know, so everyone's happy, you know, it's different with every city. I've yet to kind of come across one city where they've been like, we hate this idea. We don't want this here. Um, especially right now, I think everyone's kind of looking for the alternative or, you know, to give, you know, their citizens some sort of uh, safety factor there um, in offering contactless deliveries. So following up along those lines is, you know, we saw a lot of um, disruption with like Uber and Lyft and and them coming in and kind of changing some policies and um, having to rethink our laws. Is there any lessons that you guys are looking or taking from like that industry um, or anything that you've learned of? Yeah, you know, I think the um, the biggest lesson that we've learned is to always work with the cities and never to um, kind of work against them. Uh, you definitely saw a lot of these early disruptors um, rub people the wrong way when they first kind of entered the market. And I think the lesson that we've learned is that we approach every situation in a more collaborative tone. Um, we always want the cities to be one of our partners. We always think that we're 
we have the same end goal in mind, right? Is that we're here for the, the people, we're here to provide them a service. You know, we always want to do it the right way. So yeah, the, it's good that all of that's happened, that we've been able to kind of see the, the ruffles kind of shake out with, um, you know, Uber, Lime, or Bird. Uh, and now, you know, we have a good, we have a really good team. We have a really smart leader kind of uh, heading the ship here where we've got, um, you know, we're only operating in places where the government's given us permission to, to be here, whether it's the local government or the state government. Um, and, you know, we, we always kind of operate with, with, um, with this in mind that we, we have the intent to bring this to every city. So if we have a good reputation with the first few you know, cities that we're working with, that that reputation will precede us uh, moving forward. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's nice to have somebody that paves way a little bit so you can learn some things. Um, but I think, you know, obviously collaborative effort is, is important um, and the right approach for sure. We've, we've learned that lesson and, and continue <laughs> to, it's better to be friend than foe with the uh, yeah. uh, fire chief and, and uh, or, you know, any <laughs> other. Thank you for being great friends. If anybody from the city of Tempe is listening and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we got to be creative sometimes to figure out how to continue to find new ways to provide value to people. And, uh, but exactly what you said, it's a stakeholder approach. It's a partnership approach. Uh, we're all working to do this together. And I think that uh, anybody at a city or, or, you know, government would feel the same way. They're not there to tell people not to do stuff unless it's harming anyone, but they'd like to find ways for people to find new ways to provide value. Exactly. And first impressions matter, right? You know, the, the last thing you want is for an autonomous robot to give you a bad first impression. <laughs> <laughs> that's a horror movie or something. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try to avoid that at all costs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so if so, we take it back, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, if we take it back a little bit. Um, so you guys are inside our park lane co-manufacturing facility. What brought you to Max 6? I don't think I know the story. Um, and what made you decide that we were the right partner for space for you? You know, I, I wish I would have um, talked to the person that was responsible for that <laughs> on the interview. Sorry. The answer to that. Uh, but I can tell you, since uh, coming to the market, I have absolutely enjoyed the Max 6 space. Um, Scott has been just wonderful. He's fantastic to work with. Uh, he's, been, he's, been done, he's done a lot to try to get our name out to some of the local partners and businesses out there. So we, we really want to thank Scott. Um, on live radio right now because he's oh. absolutely man. You know, the, the space is awesome. I, I go through every day and get little popcorn and um, we're able to get our robots, you know, we have like the, the privacy to work on them and then we have everything we need to get them out uh, to service them. Yeah, so it's a wonderful space. I can't, I can't speak more highly of it. Do they leave right from Park Lane? Like they drive themselves or do you put them in a vehicle and then transport them? One day they will in fact drive themselves. But uh, at this point, we're a little too far away. Uh, we do uh, load them up into a van and unload them out at the, uh, at the service area. Cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting time that you've, uh, that you've been sort of starting at the, the warehouse there. And 
over the last number of weeks and all of them really under some form of uh, stay at home and, and during this pandemic. And, uh, you know, one of the things, there's the, the part that you're talking about, there's 38,000 square feet of space. You've got the privacy and ability to work on your robots and you can, uh, I hope, pretty easily get them into the van. But uh, as we start to open back up, I mean, one of the things that we've, uh, that we really find ourselves having a unique difference in and that we value ourselves in is this uh, community part of it, really having all the companies working together and knowing each other. And so uh, as more people start to come in there, uh, I'm, I am definitely hopeful that we can continue to get the word out more. Uh, as far as, you know, a lot of those people are in Tempe or like Jen and I and Gilbert and uh, maybe making some pitches to you about uh, well, who's up next. <laughs> You guys just wait. I, I'm talking Gilbert. There, there's a lot of cool things going on over at Gilbert. There are, especially in the downtown Gilbert corridor with all those restaurants and yeah. Uh, you know, it, it does. There, there is a good amount of effort on our end. Anytime uh, we need to map out or expand into a new area um, for us to be able to get the robots to um, deliver autonomously, there's uh, probably like. Um, like 10 hours of uh, work ahead of time for each like little square mile. So uh, to get into a new area, it does take, you know, a decent amount of time. So uh, that's all is to say is that Gilbert is something that we're absolutely looking into uh, as soon as we can kind of get it onto the, uh, the schedule of priorities. Um, I'll actually be able to predict a little timeline on when we'll be there, but as of now, we, we don't have a date set, but we are absolutely looking at it and we think it's perfect. Awesome. Well, we're excited. And, you know, Kyle and I obviously spend a lot of time in Tempe because that's where our office is. So Tempe will work just fine as well for right now. Absolutely. Um, We should, uh, when everyone's back in the office, we should do a little delivery party and and order from some restaurants for everyone. We can have the robots go around in a circle and dance and flash their lights. Oh my gosh. They have so many talents. It's a curiosity I have too, I guess, that I was just thinking about, um, we, one of the companies that's in our space is the, uh, uh, SciTech Institute and, uh, they do a lot of, uh, STEM education for K-12 and, and, uh, festivals and learning in the schools. And, uh, it just made me think, are you, do you guys typically get involved with the tech community when you get into a new community? I imagine it's at least of interest to them what you're doing. Yes, yes, we we absolutely do. You know, it's funny you said. Do you normally? It's just we don't even have a normal yet, right? <laughs> sure. But um, oh, it's absolutely one of the things we look into is um, tapping into that that tech community. Um, I know we've partnered up with uh, some of the universities, like their tech departments, and done uh, whether we've like presented or. Or robots at their events, or we've had a speaker kind of show up and talk about the robots. Uh, we, we love getting engaged and getting people engaged um, with, you know, not only our, our service, but getting them engaged with uh, autonomy and uh, robots and um, kind of every everything that we're doing. Curiosity question. Uh, so as you've talked about, uh, you're here uh, helping to get Tempe up and running so that uh, that can continue to grow and serve more people. And, and, you know, who knows what we're, 
half joking, putting in our pitch for Gilbert, but whatever that means for geographic expansion in Arizona. And this is going on around the country and like you said, around the world in different countries with a fairly geographically spread out team, I'm guessing. uh, And you might, you guys might've had to be sort of ahead of the rest of us on finding ways to connect like zoom. But, uh, what is the, what is the culture like at, uh, at Starship and how do you guys stay connected? Yeah, another great question. So Starship, uh, we have a headquarters in Tallinn, Estonia, and then one in San Francisco. And uh, we have offices in London. And, um, you know, we have employees that are kind of spread all throughout the world. And it's, it's, it's remarkable that, you know, I've been at the company six months, you know, I've maybe met five people in person. Um, but I've had these very intimate relationships with people in other departments and it's strictly over, you know, Slack and Zoom and, um, you know, email. And it's, you know, we, we communicate constantly across, you know, these crazy time differences. Uh, it's, it's crazy when you think about it, but it feels so, so natural as a company. We all do a good job of really kind of having everything running 24 hours with Estonia doing it when it's their daytime, then us running it when it's our daytime. Uh, so some, someone's always awake. Someone's always answering questions. We have, uh, honestly, we have a great, uh, just a great community of people and we're all very collaborative. There's not too many employees, especially on our launch team. So we, we all work together and it doesn't matter if we're in, you know, Mountain View or Frisco, Texas, or um, Fairfax, Virginia, we're all, you know, working together. We're all putting our efforts in to get the next city launched. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to find a group of more dedicated people than we got here at Starship. And you really find it, it's because we're all doing something that's super cool. Uh, we, we love the robots. We love the technology that we're bringing to these communities. And uh, you can see it in everyone's passion. It's, it's a privilege. I feel so lucky that, you know, I was able to find this job uh, amidst uh, everything. So it's been a, a wonderful experience. Awesome. Uh, what's the one tip that you would give for those of us who are not used to working remotely um, or connecting with our team? Um, what's the one thing that you would advise you give? Establish a morning routine and a nightly routine. It is so key to uh, just your everyday mental health. It gives you kind of that sense of purpose when you wake up in the morning because it's very, very easy to uh, just do work in bed all day. And uh, sometimes when you don't get up, you're not really as productive. So it's just for your mental like health, it's great to, to kind of do that morning routine and stretch your legs. I have my little my little dog out there. We uh, He's a great... Uh, traveling partner because he forces me to kind of get out of the room and walk around every few hours. So, uh, you know, take a pet with you. Um, that's, that's also a great trick. <laughs> yeah, Charlie looks like he's living his best life back there. Yeah, it's funny. Yes. As soon as we started the meeting, he wanted to get right over into the picture and lay down. Oh. <laughs> famous. That's awesome. Good. Thank you. I wrote that down. Establish a morning routine because what I found working from home is you don't have a commute anymore. So, right. So like, and because I have children at home, I can like get a head start on them if I get up early. So I like jump out of bed and then I'm working and then it's been 
I don't know, four or five hours and I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't even like got dressed for the day. I haven't done anything. And so it's like throwing everything off. And it's, and also for me, it's, it's, I'm being more productive at home, which is interesting, but I'm working longer. So like last night I went into my dining room to get something and I saw my computer on, I saw some emails. And so I sat down, it was an hour and a half and I, I wasn't even intending on working. And my husband and I were watching the show and he's like, Hey, where did you go? And I'm like, I don't know. I got sucked back in. So like having an office in the dining room has been um, interesting. So I think that's a really good of like morning. I've heard that before too. Like morning routine and nighttime routine, like close your day. Yeah. Um, can be helpful. It's an interesting thing uh, with Zoom and with, you know, what, I mean, establish a morning routine and evening routine regardless of anything that's going on right now is a good idea, I think. And just to keep yourself, uh, keep the wheels turning in the right direction. And an interesting thing that I keep thinking about or seeing as this is going on is we use the word community a lot. And uh, at Max 6 in the, um, the cities, uh, you know, the whether it's a company culture or, you know, the 100 companies inside our buildings and uh there was sort of this perception that it was that means because we're in person and we know each other and we see each other and it doesn't just have to be that. And so we, the four of us, the three of us on this call are connected by just being on this call and how powerful that can be to be able to look each other in the eyes and utilize some of this tech, whether we're a part of the same company or interviewing you, Kia, and learning about you. And it's just, it's been pretty amazing to sort of redefine the perception of what community is and through some connection that we already had to be able to establish more of one through technology. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So one last question that I have, Kyle, unless you have more. What is one thing that people don't know about you, but they would be surprised if they did? One thing people don't know about me, but they would be surprised if they, you know, I'll tell you exactly. And I don't know if you'd be so surprised. So to talk about my morning routine, I've started a new skincare regimen, moisturizing because it's so dry out here in Phoenix that I've never actually experienced dry skin before. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I've been uh, I've been applying moisturizer for my morning routine. I like it. It's, it's good advice. My mom always told me that I didn't need to worry about it, but the second I turned 30, I didn't do moisturizer. It's all over. And so I still don't. And I'm all way over 30, so I'm in trouble. But that's a good reminder. All right. uh, to maintain some continuity, just because I forgot to ask you before, Jen, when you asked me a question, but what is something that people would like to know about you that they'd be surprised to know, Jen? Oh gosh, I asked that question because it was so hard and I got asked it the other day and I gave a different answer. But this one, I would say, so I'm the director of programs at Max 6. And so I'm always like, when I read, I only read nonfiction and I'm always like learning and I'm, I'm helping some very serious. I'm like, I, I don't like movies. I only watch documentaries and I'm just constantly, anyways, but, but my like, guilty pleasure is I love certain reality TV shows. And so <laughs> it's like such a dichotomy for me, but that is my 
that was what I, what I was watching last night when I got interrupted by work. So nothing wrong with that. Kyle, how about you? Yeah, I guess I fell into the same trap you did there. Uh, now I've got to answer. So there's so many things, right? But uh, I guess just while you were talking, I was thinking about one is uh, I read nonfiction, but I listen to fiction. And uh, I was going through the other day, and I think I've listened to some of them I've read, but I've gotten through every single Stephen King book that's not just a novella at this point which has been quite an undertaking and I've probably about to read, uh, read some of them a second time, but that's, uh, I enjoyed his writing quite a bit. If you could recommend one of his books, which one would you recommend? My favorite is it, but if I was going to make a recommendation to somebody else, probably 11, 22, 63 is one of his best books about, uh, what, would have happened to the world if JFK hadn't died and somebody could change that. I love it. I just wrote that down. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't ask me for a recommendation. Yeah. I was about to Jennifer, what's a good reality <laughs> TV show that I could get into? Oh gosh. Don't waste your time. Um, but my husband and I really enjoy Vanderpump Rules. We actually went to the restaurant in LA and yeah. saw, and they, they actually work at the restaurant. We planned a little trip. Anyways, it's good. It's not a good show, but. Didn't they, don't they have a bar in Vegas too? Because I think I went to that with some friends last year. Yeah, so Lisa Vanderpump opened a bar um, in Vegas, yeah. Yeah. They're expanding. But they're in Beverly Hills and they're also in, like, in Hollywood. So maybe some robots can do some deliveries there. Boom. That's a wonderful idea. I'm going to call their publicists and stuff after this. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So... Kia, as we're uh, just wrapping up here, uh, can you tell the listeners how they can find Starship uh, one more time? Absolutely. You can always find us in any of the app stores under Starship Delivery or go to our website, www.starship.xyz and uh, click on Tempe for um, information about Tempe. And don't forget our Facebook page, which is, um, if you go to uh, facebook.com groups, dash Starship Tempe AZ. And uh, make sure you subscribe so you can get all of our updates. Uh, You know, always check the app. We're always adding more service areas. We're adding more restaurants. We're adding more items to the the grocery store uh, lists. And um, if there's any ever anything um, on there or anything that's not on there that you'd like to see on there or a restaurant, please uh, fill out the survey that's in our app and we'll be happy to add that. And for any businesses that are thinking about uh, partnering with us, uh, reach out to business at starship.xyz with any inquiries, and um, we'll definitely get back to you. Even if you're not in our service zone, or if you think you know you're you're not potentially ready to have robots deliver your product, um, reach out and start some line of communication. And uh, you know we're very creative people, and you never know you might be able to come up with something. So thank you very much for being on our show today. And, and uh, I'm always just immensely curious about uh, things that you know a little bit about and learning more and how you bring some stories and humanity to the Jetsons and, and uh, teach us more about the value you guys are creating for the community. Thank you very much for being on the show today. Kyle, Jennifer, thank you so much for, uh, for having me on the show. I, it was so good to to see another person and to, to have a conversation with, uh, with humans instead of a robot.
It's been great. Thank you guys. So thank you for listening to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Joining us today was Kia Albors from Starship Technologies. We're off to continue to build better communities where purpose and profit unite. And thank you for being an awesome part of our community. Thank you.